Welcome to the Celebrate Community Church of Yankton podcast. My name is Jeff Todd, and I have the privilege of serving as pastor of this amazing church community here in Yankton, South Dakota. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it's my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Again, if you're a guest, we want to say welcome home. We're glad that you're joining us here today. For those of you watching online or possibly listening to our podcast, again, we're glad that you're joining us. We've been in a series called Real Friends, and we've been talking about what it means to be a real friend. There's a study recently that showed in USA Today the number one emotional problem in our country. The number one emotional problem in our country is loneliness. And I find that interesting because we have these things, right? Right here, I have access to literally every human being I've ever met in my entire life. I can call them, I can text them, I can reach them on Facebook. So if we have access to that church, why is loneliness the number one emotional problem in our country right now? And I would contend it's because we don't understand what it means to be a real friend. I have a mentor of mine, and this is how he says that we are the most connected, disconnected generation in human history. And I couldn't agree more. Just because we have the ability to have the connections don't mean we have the significant ones. So that's why we're going through this series together. And again, if you're a guest in week one, we talked about the building blocks of a real friend. And I brought my blocks back again. These are my fun Lego blocks. And I threatened to leave them up here all series. And I'm going to do exactly that so you can look at them and you can remember the blocks it takes to build a real friend. And if you missed that or you watch online, you can go to our website, yankton.church. You can watch that message. You can watch it on our YouTube channel as well. And I taught you a phrase, and I said, this is a phrase that was life-changing for me, and it's going to be up here on the screen, and I'd like us to read this out loud again together. We're going to read this every week. If you're watching online, I want you to read it online too as well. I know it's weird to talk to screen, but God can hear you, okay? So let's read this together. I went out looking for a friend, but none could be found. I went out to be a friend, and they were everywhere. So many times I hear people say, I can't find friends. I don't have a friend. And the point of this series, church, is what it just says right there. Go out and be a friend. That's what we're called to do as a church. We're called to go out and be the friend that we desire to have. And when you do that, what you'll find is those friendships will just come in places you won't even know. And last week we talked about when relationships struggle. It's always good to have friends when things go well, but but we can agree that in relationships there's those low points too. There's times of conflict. There's times of hurt. There's times of struggle. And so how do we do that? And so last week, it'll be up on the screen. I gave you three things to do to have a healthy friendship. We talked about when our friendships are challenged, we need to love. And can I remind you, every time. Every time we need to love when we're challenged. When we're wounded, we need to pray. P-R-A-Y, not P-R-E-Y. We need to pray when we're wounded. Those wounds will happen. Those hurts will come. But we need to take them to the one who can care for us, not use them against our friends. And when we're ignored, we need to encourage. Every single one of us in our life is going to go through a season where we're feeling neglected, where we're feeling overlooked, where we're feeling passed by. And in those moments, we need to encourage each other. And next week, we are going to wrap up this series. And I'm really excited about next week's message. You guys know how I get. I I start looking ahead, and I got, no, I got to preach this one first. But I'm excited about next week because next week, we're going to unpack a truth. And I tell you what, this is a truth that I learned about 10 years ago. 
when Elaine and I were having some problems in our marriage. Many of you know the story. Elaine and I were separated. We were ready to, to end our marriage. We got back together again. We were building our marriage back again on God's foundation. And at that point, I stumbled on this truth. And it's, it's literally, I'm not, not trying to oversell it, it's been life-changing. <laughs> not only in our marriage, but in so many of my relationships. And I'm going to unpack that. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. And you're saying, you're doing that on purpose because you want us to come back. Uh-huh. That's right. <laughs> okay. It's not manipulation if I tell you what I'm doing. Okay. Come back next week. And if you're watching, you don't want to miss it because it's a huge piece of what it's going to be in friendship. But today, before we get there, we're going to talk about lasting friendships. How do we have those friendships that truly last? You know, I am now in my 40s, which is hard for me to admit sometimes. When I was a kid, I thought 40 was ancient. Now it's not so old anymore. I'm sure I'll feel the same way about 60, 70 down the road. But, but being in your 40s gives you a unique perspective on things. And one of the things that I have, I have now people in my life who I have been friends with longer than 20 years. How many of you in your life have friends that you've been friends longer than 20 years? Show of hands. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, so what I'm saying is it changes your friendship, doesn't it? When you've been friends with somebody longer than 20 years, there's like a whole different category that you enter. Like there's some people, and I just had one of my friends from college, because college is now past 20 years for me now, and, and, and we just got together a while ago, and, and we were able to connect, and we hadn't seen each other probably in two years, but it's like no time passed at all. You know? And they've changed, and I've changed, so you kind of notice those things, but you guys know what I mean. Like it's a, it's a cool thing to have those friends, and we desire church. We desire to have friendships that will last that will stand the test of time. But what are we doing to make sure those last? Ecclesiastes 4.9, it's gonna be on the screen. I'm gonna read it. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other back up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Now, there's a very spiritual song by a band called Chumbawamba called Tum Thumping, okay? It's a very spiritual song, and you may be singing it right now because this is what I call the, the, the tub thumping verse. If you're not familiar, this is how the song goes. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep That's the Chumbawamba verse right there. You didn't know that was a spiritual song, but it is, right? I just redeemed it for the kingdom. Good job. All right, here's my point. You're going to get knocked down. You need somebody to help you get back up again. That's why we need to have those lasting friendships. They are essential. God's desire for us is not just to have friendships, not just to have healthy friendships. God's desire is for us to have somebody who will be there and lasting friends and to be that. So we're going to unpack that today. But before we do that, we're going to have a little fun. We're talking about relationships. It can be kind of heavy stuff. So we want to have some fun. So I have some pictures. I'm not going to put them up just yet. But I have some pictures of some famous friends. Now, this is crowd participation. Again, if you're online, you can play along. Okay, what I want to do, I'm going to put a picture up of some famous friends. If you know Who's on the picture? I want you just to shout it out, okay? So, 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 so let's go ahead and put the first one up there. If you know who this is, shout it out. Who are these famous friends? <laughs> Starsky and Hutch, good job. That's awesome. Younger generation's like, I have no clue. <laughs> All right, Starsky and Hutch, okay. All right, let's put up the next one. Who's this? Cagney and Lacey, that's right, 80s television for those of you who are clueless right now. That's, Cagney and Lacey were famous friends. Now this next one, these are, these are two very special famous friends of mine. Let's put this up here. Bert and Ernie, I learned a lot from Bert and Ernie. How many of you learned a lot from Bert and Ernie, man? Especially if you have a roommate that has a rubber ducky, you can punch him, right? That's what I learned. <laughs> like, that's annoying, right? Oh, Bert. Okay, let's see the next one. 
Yeah, Batman and Robin, most people got that one. We went classic Batman and Robin, too. You can go lots of Batmans and Robin. That's a classic one. Okay, here's the last one. This is a tough one. Go see who can get this one. Anybody? The Mandalorian and Baby Yoda, good job, awesome, yeah. So this is uh, from Star Wars, the new show Mandalorian. They call him Baby Yoda too. So there's famous friends. We, we all have those relationships where you can't think of Starsky without saying Hutch. You can't say Cagney without saying Lacey. You can't say Bert without saying Ernie, right? So who are those people in your life? How do I become a lasting friend? So if you got your note sheet, I want you to take them out. These are these on, on your chairs on the back that's blank. The reason why it's blank is because we want you to write these down. I'm going to give you six C's of being a lasting friend. So you can go ahead and write that down ahead of time so you can write that out, right? I, if I want to be a lasting friend, we want lasting friends, therefore I need to be a lasting friend, right? You got the point of the series so far, okay? So I'm going to give you six C's of what it means to be a lasting friend. So here's the first one. If I want to be a lasting friend, I must be considerate. If I want to be a lasting friend, I must be considerate. That word considerate, it means careful. It means not to inconvenience somebody. It means not to be hurtful. Can I just put it as simple as possible? To be considerate means I think of the other person before I think of myself. <laughs> and that's hard to do, but that's what it means to be considerate. I'm going to think of you first. Titus 3.2 says this, slander no one. To be peaceable and considerate, there's our word, and always be gentle towards everyone. If you want to be a lasting friend, you need to be considerate. There, Wednesday, November 13th is a special day. I didn't know this until this, while I was preparing for this message, but I found something out. Wednesday, November 13th, you might want to write that down. Wednesday, November 13th, is that anybody's birthday just for random chance? No? Okay. Well, there you go. Okay. But the other thing that you can celebrate with your dad's birthday, November 13th, it's National Kindness Day. Did you know that? National Day, National Day, everybody's going to be kind on November 13th. To which I ask the question, do we really need a national day to do that? <laughs> well, what does that say about our country that we actually have to have a national day where we say, okay, today everybody has to be kind. It means that we struggle with that, don't we, right? Being considerate means we need to do that every day. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, can I just help you with something? It's not optional. We're required to do that. We need to be considerate, putting the other person before ourselves. Here's the second one. If I want to be a lasting friend, I must be confidential. If I want to be a lasting friend, I must be confidential. You know, I am really, really good at keeping secrets. Okay, if you want to tell me, you tell me a secret. The problem that I have is everybody that I tell, they're terrible at keeping secrets. Right? They just can't keep their mouth shut. They go and tell everybody everything. I'm really good. It's just the people I tell, right? That's the problem. When we want to be confidential, we need to be careful with that. And I said this last week, the quickest way to kill a friendship is to betray a confidence. And the Bible agrees with me. Proverbs 11:13. a gossip betrays a confidence but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. See, a true friend is somebody who listens to what you have to say, and then they protect that information. A true friend doesn't use that information against you. And if you tell someone something in confidence, it needs to stay there with them. And are we doing that? We desire that when we share something with somebody, when they learn something about us, we want them to keep that private. Are we doing the same thing? Are we being confidential as well? 
Now, every time we talk about confidentiality and friendship, I have to give the disclaimer. You probably know where I'm going with this. If somebody is going to hurt themselves or hurt someone else, we don't keep that confidential, okay? We have to share that because we want to make sure we're protecting them as well. But, but most of the time, can I just say it this way? Most of the time, if somebody tells you something in confidence, keep it confidential. Protect them. Don't use it against them or don't share it without their permission. Here's the third one. If I want to be a lasting friend, if I want to be a lasting friend, I must be candid. I must be candid. Many of you probably know this, but when I was in college, I got the opportunity to go to New York City, and I got to spend a summer, I did a summer internship in New York City. I've shared that before. It was a wonderful summer of my life. The other thing that happened that summer that was very significant is my wonderful Chicago Bulls, who I love dearly, won their sixth NBA championship. And it was there. We watched the game in the city. It was awesome. It was great. And I was super excited. So I'm in New York, and we go down to Times Square. And if you've ever been to Times Square, there's a lot of things in Times Square. And one of the habits is they have these um, street vendors, right? So I go to the street vendor, and they're like, literally, I'm not kidding, the day after the championship, there's a shirt, a T-shirt that says Chicago Bulls, you know, 1998 World Champions. I'm like, this is really awesome. This is like the next day, okay? So, so I, I go and I buy the shirt. And I'm excited. I like the shirt. I'm wearing the shirt. This is great. So I go back to school that fall telling about New York, wearing my sweater. I wore this shirt, you know, and I'm, I'm a dude, so I, I wore the same shirt probably more than I should have, but <laughs> I didn't have a lane at that point. I'll just add that disclaimer, okay? And, and, and I'm wearing this shirt, I'm like, so where am I telling you this? One day I had a friend, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna qualify this. I have a real friend. <laughs> this friend came to me and they said, hey, Jeff, can I tell you something? I'm like, yeah. Like, I know you really like that shirt, but did you know that one of the sleeves is shorter than the other one? <laughs> I had no clue. I had worn this shirt multiple times. One of the sleeves was like here, and the other one was like down here. Okay, you think most people would recognize that, but you know, if you know me, you know I had no clue. <laughs> and I, I, was, I was thankful for my friend telling me that. Now, here's the rest of the story. I go back to my, another group of friends that I have, and I say, hey, you know what? That shirt that I was wearing that I really love, one of the sleeves was shorter than the other one. No kidding. This is exactly what happened. They said, yeah, we know. We've been laughing about it for like two weeks. <laughs> But think about it. What did they not want to do? They didn't want to hurt my feelings. They said, oh, Jeff's so excited about this shirt he got in New York. It's the Bulls. He, you know, Jeff, he gets excited about everything. Um, we don't want to hurt his feelings. But listen, listen, church. I was more hurt by the second group than the first. See what I'm saying? Sometimes as a friend, we think, oh, I want to be nice. I don't want to hurt those feelings. What we really want in life is we really want people to be candid with us and to tell us the truth. Can I say it? Even when it hurts. Because sometimes the truth hurts, doesn't it? Did that hurt? A little bit. Now, I'm, I'm using a silly example because it doesn't really matter. But I tell you what, in life, they're not so silly, are they? We could go around this room and we could tell stories about when people had to sit down with us and to be candid with us. This isn't in my notes, but I feel it's from God, so I'm going to share it anyway. I had a friend, when Elaine and I were having a struggle in our marriage, he took me out to coffee and he asked me some really tough questions. He was very candid with me because he loved me. And I did what most people do. I lied. <laughs> and, and, and I blew him off and I said, I don't want to. And I didn't speak to him for nine months. And I had to go back after we restored our relationship. I went back to that person. And I apologized to him. I said, I'm sorry that I lied to you. And this is actually what was going on. See, that took courage for my friend to do that. My friend probably knew the fact that I was going to blow him off and not talk to him anymore. But he loved me enough because he was what? He was candid. And he made the right choice. Proverbs 27, verse 5. Memorize this first church. Better is an open rebu rebuke than hidden love. 
Wounds from a friend can be trusted. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. Sometimes I think we fall into the I don't want to hurt your feelings category, and we use that as an excuse to not be candid with people when we need to do that. Can, can I just lighten it up a little bit again? If I have a booger hanging out of my nose right now, somebody better tell me, <laughs> okay? We need that. We all have boogers in our life. Can I just be agree? We all have things that we can't see that other people see, and we need to speak it in love, and we want to have the lasting, but, but I want to give you some qualifiers, and you might want to write these down. You're going to need another note sheet. I got a whole bunch of stuff for you to write down today. Here, here's two keys to being candid, and these are so important. If you decide you're going to be candid with somebody, you need to remember these two things. The first thing is this, correct in private. Always correct in private. Nobody likes to be called out. It's not fun. When you do it around other people, it's humiliating. So now you've corrected them and you've humiliated them. Always correct in private. Never, ever do it in public. But here's the second thing, and this is so important, church. Don't miss this. Correct in private and then stick with them. Don't just wound them and walk away. Say, hey, this is something I see in your life. I love you. I need to tell you this, but I want to tell you something. And, and you practice saying this, and I'm not going anywhere. My friend that I talked about earlier, when he sat down with me, he said, listen, I'm going to walk this with you. I was the one that didn't talk to him for nine months. But when I called him after not talking to him for nine months, guess what he did? He sat down and met with me again. Why? Because he's going to stick with me no matter what. If people want to wound you and walk away, they're not worth it. That's not being a lasting friend. We need to be honest. We need to be correct in private, and we need to stick with them. And, and I don't have his permission to share this, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway because I've done it before. One of the most candid people I have in my life is Pastor Roger Green, and I love that man with all my heart. And if you don't know him, he's back in that back row. And I will honestly say this, and we've had this conversation before. There's not one person in this church who has corrected me more than Roger Green. <laughs> but here's why I want to tell you that. Nobody knows that. You know why? Because 100% of the time, it's been in private. He'll pull me aside, and he'll talk to me and say, hey, Jeff, this is something I saw, and he'll talk about that. That guy, if you don't know, he pastored church for 50 years, okay? Do you think it's probably a little arrogant of me to write him off? <laughs> if he's got something to say, do you think I should probably listen to what he has to say? Amen. But here's the other thing that I want you not to miss, church, and this is so important, is Roger Green's not going anywhere. He's been a part of my life since before we started this church. And I pray to God he's a part of my life long after I go home because he's probably going to outlive me, <laughs> okay? He's not going anywhere. That's what it means to be a candid friend. Speak the truth in love. Do it privately, and then don't go anywhere. And the other thing that he does that I love, I'm just going to throw this in there, praise him publicly. That guy talks good about me all the time. I don't deserve it, but he does it, man. He just brags me up. That feels good, doesn't it? That's what we need to be to be a candid friend. Here's number four. If I want to be a lasting friend... I must be constructive. I must be constructive. I love that word construction, right? We think about construction. We think of building. And that's what we need to be as friends. We need to build each other up. We need to stimulate each other. We need to bring out the best in each other. If we're being honest, we don't need any help demotivating ourselves. We're really good at demo. We're really good at finding other things to do and, and demotivating ourselves. But we need other people to help us, encourage us to give us accountability, and to show us motivation when we're lacking motivation. That's what it means to be a constructive friend. Proverbs 27, 17. This is a very famous verse. You've probably heard it many times. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. 
I don't know if you've ever actually sharpened iron before, but it's actually a very painful process. It's very loud, it makes a hard noise, it's hard on the iron, it causes friction, it causes heat, but it's the same thing in a friendship, isn't it? <laughs> That's what iron and sharpening iron means. When we press into people and we help build them up, it can be hurtful, it can not be fun sometimes, it can kind of make some noise, but in the end, we all need constructive people to build us up. And there's a phrase I want to just kind of unpack here again. It's called constructive criticism. How many of you heard that phrase? Constructive criticism. I'm going to give you some constructive criticism, okay? I always like cringe when people <laughs> like, what does that mean, okay? We're going to quantify what is constructive criticism. And it's really simple. It's three things. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it kind? I'm going to say that one more time. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it kind? That is constructive criticism. First question, is it true? Stop with the I heard. Well, I heard stop, okay? Is it true? I don't care what other somebody else said about it. Is it actually true? Did it actually happen? If it's not true, don't say it. And if you're not sure, go talk to that person and find out if it actually happened. Make sense? Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it gonna make it better? If it's not gonna make it better, if you just wanna complain or take a shot at somebody, keep it to yourself. That's not helpful. Be helpful with that. And the third one is so important. Is it kind? Does it help the person? Does it build them up or does it tear them down? And I'm just going to go back to my shirt story because I think it's a good example of this, okay? And again, it's very safe because it's kind of silly. But think about those three things. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it kind? My shirt, one of my sleeves was short, one was long. That's true, right? Okay, that's true. Is it helpful? I'm obviously completely oblivious to this, and my friend realizes how oblivious I am to this, and, and it's kind of embarrassing. They're, they're actually embarrassed for me. So is that helpful? Yes, it's true. It's helpful. And the third thing so important, is it kind? They just didn't come to me and say, hey, your shirt's bad, you dummy. They didn't say that, right? Because that's not kind. They took me aside, and they just kind of pointed it out very gently, very respectfully. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it kind? That's constructive criticism. If it's not, don't do that. Because who wants to be around somebody who just complains and points out negative all the time? We don't want to do that. We must be constructive. Here's number five. If I want to be a lasting friend, I must be consistent. If I want to be a lasting friend, I must be consistent. A true friend is somebody who walks in when the rest of the world is walking out. You know, last week we talked about how in relationship there's going to be low points. We all love the highs. We all love the joys. We all love when things are going well. But in those points where it's really down, that's when we really need somebody to walk with us. Matthew 5, 46 and 47. This is Jesus talking. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Don't even the pagans do that? See, as followers of Jesus Christ, we're called to live by a higher standard. And if I could just bring that to, to 21st century language, what good is it to love people who love me? Everybody else in the world does that too. How are we different as a church? In, in the church, and this is what I think we're really good at church, and I love you for this, we need to love the unlovable. And if we can be honest, all of us at some point are unlovable. <laughs> some of us more than others. But I'm just saying, we love the unlovable. And that's what it means to be consistent. Every single person has the capacity to be a jerk. Can we agree on that? 
Every single person has the capacity to be a jerk. Some of us, again, are better at it than others. But if you want to make a lasting impact on somebody, be consistent no matter what. Know that when they come to you, what they're going to get. I'm going to get love. I'm going to get understanding. I'm going to get forgiveness. That's what it means to be consistent. Romans 12, 20 says, on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, give him food. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. See, when people return hate and anger and fear towards you, return it with love and grace and understanding. Is that easy to do? Not all the time. But be consistent. Be consistent with your love and your grace. And, and I just go ahead and say it. We all have bad days. We all have days where it's just like, I just, I'm kind of at the end of my rope. I'm kind of on you know, short straw, whatever that means. Know that about yourself and then protect your relationships. Sometimes, we talked about this last week, the best thing you can do is walk away. <laughs> this is not the time that I want to deal with this right now because I'm going to say or do something that's not going to be right in the moment, and then I'm going to feel bad about it later. That's how we can be consistent. That's okay to do, church. That's to say, hey, I just need some time to talk about this. Be consistent. Be consistent. As a follower of Jesus Christ, we cannot take it out on other people, our frustrations and our hurt and our pain, and, and telling them no matter what, I'm going to be there for you. And, and I'm just going to use this analogy because I think it's, I've used it before, but I think it's so powerful. Um, when you have those moments where somebody's just really ticking you off and, and they're just really hitting your buttons, we talked about this a little bit last week. Where do you go with that? And, and if you're like me, okay, and you guys know this about me, I'm an emotional person, okay? So I, my emotions are right there in my sleeve. I can't hide it. And I just have this energy and I just need to get it out. And you've heard people say, I just need to vent. I, I just need to vent. I need to get it out. Do that to God. Vent to God. We talked about this cross last week. This is a great place to go vent. Go to the foot of that cross and just say, God, I'm so angry with this person. I'm so frustrated. I can't believe what they did to me. Oh my, and, and talk about that. Be candid with God. God can handle it. You know what I love about the Psalms? If you read the Psalms, you'll read David's candid stories to God. Where David was being hurt, David was having frustration, and David did the, the healthy thing. He took it to God, and he said, God, I just need, because you need to get that energy out, don't you? <laughs> and, and that's okay to do. That's why we said last week, pray for people. Don't pray on them. When you're mad and somebody's frustrating you, be consistent and show them love. Sometimes that means you walk away, you take some time with God, you pray about it, and then you come back the next day or an hour later, and you say, okay, now let's talk. <laughs> now I got all that emotion and all that feeling out of the way. Now let's really talk about what's really going on here, free from those emotions and those pain. Are we being consistent? Here's the last one, and I'm gonna tie this in in just a minute. If I wanna be a lasting friend, I must be committed I must be committed. And then I want you to put in parentheses behind that, if you still have room on your note sheet at this point, to Jesus. I need to be committed to Jesus. Because if we're being honest, every single relationship in your life will disappoint you at some point. They will let you down. They will hurt you. They will say and do things that are, that are hard. But at the end of the day, and I'll use Elaine and mine's relationship again. I love Elaine. She's an awesome wife. She does great, amazing things for me, but we still have problems sometimes. And there's times she hurts me, and there's times she does things that I don't like. And, and here's the thing. I'm not committed to my marriage. 
I'm going to say that again. I'm not committed to my marriage. I'm committed to my Jesus. You know what my Jesus says? My Jesus says, be committed to your marriage. Because if, if I make Elaine my God, can I help you with something? She's kind of a poor God. <laughs> She's going to let me down. But church, this happens all the time in relationships, doesn't it? We want that person to be God. We want that person to do all these things for, and, and be our God. But we can't do that because they will be a very disappointing God. But you want to have a lasting friendship? Watch this. Be committed to Jesus. If you're committed to Jesus, your relationships, your friendships will last because that's what Christ wants us to do. He wants us to forgive other people. He wants us to love other people. And we're committed to that. If I can just put it this way, I can't be considerate. I don't have the capacity to be considerate. You know why? Because the focus of my life is you're looking at it right here. I'm the focus of my life. I don't have the capacity to be considerate. I can't be confidential because my first response is not always to protect the other person. My first response is to protect me. Therefore, I'm going to go share things I shouldn't share. I can't be candid because my default setting is to be deceitful. That's my default setting. That's the sin in my life. That's, that's what grabs my heart. My first instinct is to lie and try to get out of it. I'm just being honest with you. I can't be constructive because my goal is to be better than you. And if I'm constructive, that means I have to put you higher than me, which means there's something wrong with me, and then I feel insecure about that. I can't be constructive. I can't be consistent because I can't even be consistent in my life. <laughs> there's things that I don't do consistently, and now I need to be consistent in our relationship. I can't do that. I can't be considerate. I can't be confidential. I can't be candid. I can't be constructive. I can't be consistent. But my Jesus can. And every place where I said can't, 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 you could put Jesus can. Jesus can, Jesus can, Jesus can. Because I need to be committed to my relationship with Jesus Christ first. And once this is in the right place, you've heard me say this before, this will be just fine. This is never the problem. This is always the problem. And sometimes, if we're being honest, sometimes it's the other person that's wrong here. I've had to learn that lesson in my life. There, there's some people in my life that I love dearly right now that this relationship is broken. And, and I've, I've examined my heart. I've examined my life. I've examined my walk. And I said, God, is there anything that I'm not doing? And, and quite honestly, I, I believe with all my heart, there's something going on here with them. And, and in that point, you say, well, what can we do? You can pray. <laughs> and you can say, God, whatever's going on with them right now, whatever's going on with them right now, maybe they're having an affair. I don't know. Maybe they have a secret addiction that I don't know about. I don't know. But, but, but whatever this is broken here, this can't happen. So we need to pray for that. So, so if you want to tie all these together, here's the thing. We need to be committed here first. And if you want to take your notes and flip them upside down, you can. Because that's where it starts. Because you can't be those other five things until you get this right first. Be committed here. And then we'll be a lasting friendship here. You know, Jesus on the night he was betrayed... The very last thing our Savior did before he left planet Earth is he prayed a prayer. And he was with his disciples. And you've probably seen this before in the upper room where Jesus prayed this prayer. And he said, my prayer is that they would be one. And, and they would be united. And that the world would know they are my disciples by how they love one another. The answer to the world's problems is in this room. And it's our relationships with each other. It's how we choose to love one another. It's how we choose to love our spouses. 
It's how we choose to love our children. It's how we choose to love, can I just say, those people that are kind of unlovable. And by that, how we show that, how we show our commitment to Christ, that's what we show the world. And if we want to make an impact in the world, church, it's a promise in God's word that Jesus said. The way that we impact our world is by how we love one another. And the world will look at that and they'll say, that's weird. That's different. There, there's something different about that person. That's not normal to respond that way. And you say, exactly. And let me help you with something. I got to have this conversation not that long ago where I said to somebody, I said, listen, that's not me. <laughs> if this were up to me, I wouldn't respond the way I'm responding right now. The only reason I'm responding the way I am right now is because of what my Jesus did for me on the cross. And so now it's time for me to love you in that way and put aside our differences and our conflicts, and we want to have a lasting friendship. So church, again, I'm going to ask you, do you want to have a lasting friendship? If you do, we need to be considerate. To be a lasting friend means we are considerate. We think of the other person before we think of ourselves. To be a lasting friend, we need to be confidential. We'll put these back up on the screen so you guys can read them again. I must be confidential. I'm going to keep it in myself. I'm not going to go and share it. I'm going to not use information against you. I'm going to protect you. I must be candid. We need to stop worrying about hurting other people's feelings. Can I just be honest about that? And, and, and like I said, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it kind? Use that filter first. Do it in love, but be candid. Be constructive. Be consistent. Know, know yourself. Know those moments where you're not at 100%. Know when you need to take a step back and say, okay, I, I just need some time to think about this and pray about it, and then let's get back together again. But be consistent. When people call you, when they text you, do they know what they're going to get? Or do they wonder in their mind, okay, which one am I going to get today? Am I going to get the crabby one? Am I going to get the happy one? That's what it means to be consistent. Be consistent in your life. And if I could just drive the point home one more time, the very last thing is really the very first thing. Be committed to Jesus Christ. Every human relationship, no matter how much they love you, will let you down. My Jesus has never yet let me down. And he never, ever will. When we are committed to Jesus Christ, then, then church, we can be all those other things. Let's pray. God, I am so, so thankful that you made a way for a guy like me to learn what it means to be considerate. Because God, if I'm honest, my focus is me. And I'm always looking at how I can do what I need to do and what I need to do, God. And God, it comes out in funny ways. When I'm down at Riverboat Days trying to park my car, I am not thinking, how can I bless this other person? I'm thinking, how can they get out of my way so I can go? That's just my default setting. God, I'm not a confidential person. I'm always looking for ways to, to benefit myself and to grow my, myself. God, I, I, I tend not to be candid. I tend to care about what other people think about me instead of speaking the truth in love. God, I'm not, I, not very constructive sometimes. More, sometimes more I just like to speak my opinion and, and like to hurt people and, and just, just throw things out without being constructive. And God, I'm not very consistent even in my own life. There's things that I struggle with daily and, and I, I can't get it right. But Jesus, I thank you that you're all those things. All five of those things, Jesus. And you've made a way for us to do that too. It's not by my strength. It's not by my might. 
but it's by what you did on the cross for me. And God, I pray for each one of us here in this room that we would get it right here. In this room, God, with the people that are in this room, we would be committed to each other. We would be committed to you first, and then we would be all those other things. We would be considerate, confidential, candid, constructive, and we would be consistent. And the world would look at that and say, that's not normal. <laughs> that's not what I see around. Tell me, tell me again, why do you act that way? Why do you respond in that way? And in those moments, God, that's when we can point to you. We can say, it's not us. There's nothing in me, but it's all you, Jesus. Jesus, that was your prayer when you left planet Earth. And I pray that it would manifest itself in Yankton, South Dakota and celebrate Community Church. That that's the one thing we would get right. We might blow it in other areas, God, but man, we would love each other. We would be committed to you and we would be lasting friendships. And God, I look forward to the next 10, 15, 20, however many years, God, that I know the people that are in this room, this side of heaven, and that we can look back in those times and we can say, man, look at all that we've been through together. And we have lasting friendships that will grow and deepen. And God, you will add to our number daily those who are being saved. We ask all this in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. If you live in the Yankton area, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. at 310 Walnut Street. You can check out more content on our website, yankton.church, or our YouTube channel, at Celebrate Yankton. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to it and share with others. God bless. Thank you.